Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are so glad that, that you're here today. We want to welcome everyone, especially our visitors. We want to welcome those who are joining us online. I'm going to begin uh, with a reading from Romans 12. So if you have your Bible, you might be turning there. But we're in the middle of this series on spirituals. And I hope that this has been meaningful to you. I know it's been meaningful to me. One of the things that, that you can do to kind of carry this series outside of Sunday is if you use one of those streaming services like Spotify or Apple or whatever, you can create a playlist of spirituals and just take them with you uh, throughout the week. The, the, these are incredible stories. And again, we don't know anyone who wrote these. They, they are unknown individuals. But the stories behind them are just amazing, and we can see that God was at work through the authors of these songs, and God is still at work today with us in our lives. And I hope that we believe that, and I hope that we live that way. Romans 12, I'm going to begin reading verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, as we think about the, the, the spirituals, these are songs that, that permeate our culture in many various ways. In fact, the one that we're looking at this morning it's been recorded by such artists as Elvis Presley, Willie Nelson, Van Morrison, and numerous others. In fact, I was, I was watching, a, uh, out of the blue, was watching a documentary last night on Don McLean and the song American Pie, wonderful story about the death of Buddy Holly and all that stuff. But right in the middle of this documentary, there's Pete Seeger singing this song that we're looking at. The tune of this song was used by McDonald's in the 1960s for one of its jingles. It has been parodied on a popular TV show. And I say all of this because often we encounter these meaningful songs in very unlikely places. And so these songs of, of great faith and perseverance are sometimes divorced from their original context. And we may come to know them as popular songs rather than songs that were written and sung by slaves. These songs of faith. So the song we're looking at today is known by two different names. It's known as uh, Down by the Riverside and also Study War No More. And this song, like several of the others that we've looked at in this series, it predates the Civil War. We have no idea who originally wrote it. It also has many different verses, but we're going to focus on some of the, the, the earliest verses of the songs. And so here they are. I'm going to lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. Going to lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. Ain't going to study war no more. 
I'm going to put on my long white robe down by the riverside. I'm going to put on my long white robe down by the riverside. Ain't going to study war no more. I'm going to talk with the Prince of Peace down by the riverside. I'm going to talk with the Prince of Peace down by the riverside. Ain't going to study war no more. And so two things stand out in this spiritual. And the first is this focus on water that actually, if you look at all the spirituals and you kind of study them, this is a theme that shows up over and over again. We see it in songs like Wade in the Water or Deep River or I Stood on the River of Jordan. And so the, the water references in most of these songs have something to do with baptism. And so crossing a river and baptism both were associated with freedom. One, a physical freedom. The other, a spiritual freedom. And, and the river was a place where you went to go and to meet Jesus. Baptism meant a new life. And, and even if this life was, was terrible and, and filled with horrors, baptism presented a new way of looking at life and gave people hope for a better life to come. The second thing that stands out in this spiritual is the reference to passages of the Bible that are just not well known. In fact, we saw this last week when we looked at that hymn, Balm and Gilead. And what we see is that the writers of the spirituals knew Scripture really well. They were familiar with stories and references in the Bible that many of us may not even know. And this is incredible when you consider that nowadays, just thinking about us and our lifetime, we're more educated, we have more free time, and we have greater access to the Bible and Bible tools. What this tells us about the people long ago who wrote these songs and sung them is that they were wholly devoted to God. They were dedicated students of his word. We sort of live in this distracted age where we have these devices, hobbies, and, and other things that kind of get in the way. But these slaves made sure, no matter how hard they worked, they were going to spend time in God's word, and they knew it well. We see the depth of biblical knowledge with the line in this song, ain't going to study war no more. I imagine that, that many people would assume that this line is made up. It's something from the culture. But this is not the case. It comes from Scripture. It's a reference to Isaiah 2, 1 through 4. You also find this in the book of Micah as well. And so we'll just um, read this whole passage, but you'll see the reference at the very end, the very final line of this passage. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations 
and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And that's where the reference in the song comes from. This is a fascinating passage. It's a, it's a passage about Christ. And what it's telling us is that when Jesus comes, things are going to be different. And so he comes the first time to introduce the kingdom of God, to bring about the kingdom. And Jesus shows us how we are to live and how we are to order our lives. He overcomes sin and the powers of evil on the cross. He overcomes death when he is raised from the grave. Now, we still live in a fallen and imperfect world. However, we are to be a little bit of heaven here on earth. We are to live kingdom lives right here and right now. We are to live in anticipation of the second coming of Jesus when he's going to complete his mission and and all wrongs are going to be righted. We see this in the prayer that he taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so this world that we live in is far from perfect. But our calling as Christians is to live heavenly lives right here, right now. And the slaves took this seriously. They embraced this heavenly vision that is found in Isaiah 2 and other passages and committed to living lives that were different from the people around them, lives that that pointed people to something beyond this world. Down by the riverside is a, a wonderful spiritual because it reminds us of the new life that we have in Christ that begins at baptism. And so each verse builds upon one another. It begins with, I'm going to lay down my sword and shield. And so here's a reference to repentance. I'm going to turn from one way of life to another. And so the Christian life is, is not devoted to fighting against one another. It is a life devoted to loving God and loving others. It's a life where we value every human being and we value their salvation. And so at the waters of baptism, we give up earthly ways. We acknowledge that we've been on the wrong path. We give up the works of the flesh and we embrace the fruit of the Spirit. The next verse states, I'm going to put on my long white robe. And so this practice of putting on a white robe after uh, baptism is, is a tradition that begins in the early church. You can date it. It goes far, way, way far back. And, and it's a symbol of sins being washed away and beginning a new life. And so through the blood of Christ, our sins are forgiven in baptism. We are washed clean. We are given a fresh new start. And this new life consists of following in the footsteps of Jesus and embracing the ways of Christ, these ways that are referenced in Isaiah 2. We die to ourselves and Christ lives in us. 
We are raised from the waters of baptism, a new creation. The last verse says, I'm going to talk with the Prince of Peace. And so this new life is, is, is centered around the Prince of Peace. We're not baptized and done. We are baptized and life begins. It's the start of something new. And this new life is in Christ. It is a relationship with him. It is a life that is focused on Jesus and about Jesus. And so we are to imitate him and we're to keep our eyes focused on him as we go about this life in this broken world. And our relationship with Jesus keeps us grounded. It helps us when we don't know what to do. We look to Jesus, we talk to Jesus, we be like Jesus. And this is more important than anything else that we're going to do here on earth. We are to seek first the kingdom of God. That's our number one priority. The two lines that are repeated over and over again in the song are also the ones where it gets its title. And so down by the riverside and study war no more. And so this is a song about baptism and a song about peace. And it connects these two important themes that we find throughout Scripture. And I think most of us get the the baptism part, but, but what about the peace aspect of this song? What does this have to do with Christianity? Well, we we see in passages like Isaiah 2 and others that God desires that we all live in peace. When Jesus returns, there's going to be no more war, no more fighting, no more violence, because that's what God wants. And again, that's made clear in passages like Isaiah 2 where it talks about that we're going to take these weapons of war and violence and we're going to turn them into farm tools. They have no place in the new heavens and new earth, the world to come. We also need to understand that peace is broader than the cessation of war. Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And so peace is something, especially this Jewish idea of shalom, that extends to all aspects of life. And so we are to be peacemakers in our families, peacemakers in our neighborhoods, peacemakers at church, peacemakers at work, and wherever it is we go. We live in a world that desperately needs peacemakers. And so as followers of Jesus, we are to study war no more. We're not to war against our neighbors or war against our family members or war against our co-workers or war against our fellow church members, whoever it may be. And, And this is a difficult task in our world because our world expects war and it's encouraged on TV and social media. It is the way of pundits and politicians. What people do not expect is for someone to turn the other cheek or for someone to repay evil with good 
or for someone to forgive rather than hold a grudge. And this is the Jesus way, the way that we're called to live. But not only this, peace is something that blesses us. There is freedom in peace. Because when we devote ourselves to to peace and the peace of Christ, we're not bound to hatred or fighting. We give it up. We don't have to argue. We don't have to have the last word. We live at peace with ourselves and with others because we're content in Christ. We have all that we need in Jesus. We're reminded in Ephesians 6, 12, that we're not to war against other human beings. It states, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so we are in a battle, but it's not a battle against flesh and blood. It's a battle against ideas and philosophies and spiritual powers. Jesus calls us to love our enemies. We are to do good to all people, as we read in Romans 12. This is our calling. The only way this world becomes better is for us to be the change. And so we must live like Jesus. We must show the people around us a little bit of heaven on earth. And again, it's not easy work. It means that we choose peace while everyone else is warring around us. It means that we do what is right while everyone around us is doing what is wrong. It means that we cling to hope while everyone around us is hopeless. But if we do this, if we trust in God and trust in Christ, great things can happen. And it's happened before. We've seen it. It happened in the early church. The church chose peace and was persecuted by Rome, but the church overcame. It overcame even though the odds were against them. Nobody, nobody would have expected this little group of Christians to persevere, to overcome against the Roman Empire. But that's exactly what happened. It's also happened not too long ago here in America. You think about the slaves who wrote this song and and slaves who sang, ain't going to study war no more. And they did this for years and years. And even after they gained their freedom, they were mistreated and they were wrong. But what did they do? They chose peace. They did not retaliate when the water hoses were turned on them or the dogs unleashed. They did not retaliate even when they were beaten or, or spat upon or called ugly names. They took the high road. They followed the teachings of Jesus and they overcame. Our world is a mess. And there are wrongs everywhere we look. And the world is not going to be saved by worldly ways. It does not need more anger, more hatred, more judgment. What the world needs is Jesus. It needs the Prince of Peace. It needs to see a people who are serious about following Jesus. A people 
who, who live radically different lives because their focus is on Jesus and their life is about Jesus because he is our everything. A calling like this is not easy. But it is what God calls us to. And so I leave you with this, and and I believe this is what the song wants us to do. We need to remember our baptism. We need to remember the covenant that we made with God on that day. Not only was God doing things for us and blessing us and and, and forgiving our sins and all these things, but we entered into a covenant with God. And it's up to us to remember that and hold up our end of the bargain. We need to remember that we died to self and that Christ now lives in us. And it's no longer about us. It's about Jesus. It's about his way. And so let go of the world and cling to Jesus. Live at peace with the people around you. Live at peace with yourself. Meet Jesus down by the riverside and commit to studying war no more. Let's pray. Father, we come before you at this time and we thank you for this opportunity to set aside the cares of this world, to take a break from the fallenness that is constantly around us and to focus on you. And I pray that we would look to Jesus and that we would embrace his ways and that we would remember our baptism and what you did for us, how you have blessed us in so many ways. And it's you that lives in us. And so may we take you to the world May people see Christ in us. May they get a little taste of heaven so that they themselves will come to know you and submit their lives to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.